Hello everybody and welcome to Z Prime on the Grid. Just a few laundry items before we get to the show. We have a plethora of events coming up in the next couple of months across the country that I wanted to talk about. Our first one is the City of the Future Conference, November 25th and 26th in San Antonio, Texas. We partnered with CPS Energy to bring you a conference about what cities will look like in the future and how the needs of their people will be met. For more information, go to cityofthefuture.io. We're also presenting the We 3 Summit with Smart Energy Water March 15th in Palo Alto, California. This conference focuses on the water energy nexus and how both types of utilities can come together to provide better customer experiences. For more info, visit we3summit.com. That's W-E, the number three, summit.com. Finally, our flagship event, Energy Thought Summit 2019, is going to be April 15th through 18th in Austin, Texas. You know ETS, where the brightest voices in the energy industry come together to discuss trends and solutions in a forward-thinking environment. For more, go to ets19.co. That's ets19.co. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Z Prime on the Grid, our show about issues concerning the energy industry. I am your host, Dylan Lockwood. We are down here in New Orleans for Distribute Tech 2019. We've got uh, we've got a packed crew today. We've got uh, coming back, Aaron Otan. How are you doing? How are you enjoying Distribute Tech, Aaron? Hey, Dylan. I'm glad to be here in New Orleans. Glad to be on the podcast again. Uh, we've got Chris Moyer. How's Distribute Tech treating you, Chris? Distribute Tech, it's been a few years since I've been to Distribute Tech, uh, so it's good to be back, and I am really enjoying New Orleans. This is one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, I, I actually had my bachelor party here mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, so this is bringing back fond memories for me uh, because uh, uh, we, we crashed a conference. Uh, no, I'm kidding about that, but um, it's great to be at Distribute Tech and in New Orleans. That it is. Uh, Aaron Hardick's also here. Uh, how's your Distributech been so far, Aaron? It's going well, Dylan. I never underestimate the value of a comfortable pair of shoes at Distributech. Mm. Well said. Well said. Never be, never be underestimated. We've also got another uh, longtime friend of the pod, <laughs> way back from episode four, Z Prime CEO Jason Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. How's your conference been, Jason? Conference uh, has been good. It's always good to. To reconnect with old, old and new, new faces alike, and see what's what's new, and maybe what's what's also continue to puzzle the the industry. Absolutely. Um, so, Jason, we'll we'll start with you. Uh, what what's something you were really hoping to see at this Distributech, and were you were you able to meet those expectations? Hmm. It's just the first first day, so I would probably say I like to see who, who's trying to go all out and from a. Uh, to establish a bigger brand presence, I think that's always interesting. Not not so much product, but who's really trying to put their brand out there uh, and make a mark, and who's who's up in their game. It's it's a kind of it's always interesting to see minus of what product they're talking about. Who is upping their game? I thought ABB upped their game. I thought their 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 booth listed out. It was very welcoming uh, and. Compared to others and how elaborate they went, and whoever that company is, if you ever find out who had the walking stick, that 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 company up their game. <laughs> <laughs> they just probably should have put the branding on the the person walking on it. No, I think it's 
Jason, that really resonates with me because that is what I've noticed at least the most uh, in terms of talking to the same vendors and some of our clients really trying to figure out how they plan to grow. Over the past two years, I think Distributech has been largely focused on digital transformation in some aspect, some way or another. This year, we're seeing, or at least I think that the angle is really around outage management, asset management, and then how is climate change affecting these these things. So you're starting to see a lot of these companies that previously focused very particularly on asset management of some sort, try to build out more extensive use cases around asset data that play into themes of resiliency and reliability in a more holistic approach. Um, I think that's mostly what I've gathered from from the people I talked to today is it's kind of focusing on on these traditional this traditional strength area of asset management and mm-hmm. monitoring and diagnostics and building out more use cases for that data. Yeah, and there's been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of analytics at this conference um, to, just to make sense of all that data, synthesize all that data. Uh, although I haven't been I haven't uh, I was talking with Chris about this. Uh, a little earlier in the day, I, I as far as expectations go, I thought this was going to be uh, a breakout conference for for AI, and no one, no one, I haven't even heard anyone mention it. That is absolutely true. Even in a, a panel discussion that I was a part of this morning with uh, SAS, who we've just completed a report with um, around artificial intelligence and IoT. They were really focused on helping utilities create the building blocks that lead to IoT. And the reason why I think that is, and, and this has always been a strength that Distributech has, they do a wonderful job of meeting the utility professionals almost where they are. And it's, it's maybe a year or two ahead. This is what's coming down the road. But... There's a separation between what we do at, at Z Prime, where we're thinking about where the industry is heading three years, five years, ten, 10 years down the road. This is more, this is what's happening in the industry right now. This is what you need to be focused on. And so it can be seem a little reactive and not always quite as cutting edge as some of the, 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 the Energy Thought Summit, for instance. But I think what's encouraging, so I've actually heard artificial intelligence and machine learning brought up a few times in conversation. And while a lot of the products today don't necessarily incorporate those technologies, you are seeing vendors kind of position it as the natural progression for these analytics platforms. So for instance, we were at GE and they were talking about how the next progression of their analytics platform was revolved largely around artificial intelligence and machine learning. So they're starting to plan for these things and you can kind of see those words in, if you're walking around Boost, you'll see machine learning and artificial intelligence. I don't think that a lot of the products today incorporate them, but they are being talked about and are being planned for. I think vendors are trying to set up their data sets and and data streams to where they can articulate the value of artificial intelligence and machine learning based off the data that utilities have today. Aaron Oten, uh, what are some of the biggest differences uh, between this conference and last conference, which you were at in San Antonio? Last year there was a lot of talk about platforms. That seemed to be like the biggest buzzword last year. 
And this year we're seeing that, but like you were talking about, I think it's focusing more on the data analytics and integrating the different types of data analytics. That was, we got presentations at a couple of different booths. Um, and I think it was GE that actually talked about having a common data model was the term that they used. Um, so that seems like it's a big theme this year. What was one really uh, standout surprise to you in the in the in today, the first day? How many booths had coffee? Mm. That was a real Not standout enough. surprise. Yeah, that, yeah, I think it was <laughs> Siemens and nobody else. <laughs> it took me too long. Oh yeah, looking at this from where the. Seeing companies progress, not so much the products. I, I think I'll leave that to, to Aaron, Chris, and, and Aaron to talk what products are we talked about. I think I look at it from a, more of a far of what companies taking another step. Uh, I saw Grid4C having a big presence. The progression from analytics and baking at AI, where they start off as seeing them grow. I think we've seen several companies uh, have a much go. A, a little bit bigger and broader with with their booth and presence was was good. I think Grid, Grid4C comes to mind. Um, what was it? Innowatts was one which that really stood out, which I think seemed like a startup two years ago or three years ago, and now they have a really big presence. Uh, yeah, I, I like seeing those companies go through that progression. I think it still shows that there's a lot of room for innovation if if you kind of listen, because uh, companies like Grid4C and, and probably several others are. They've been doing this a long time, it seems like it, but it takes them a while to take that next step. Uh, Did you see, because you really are, you lead the Z Prime team in our virtual reality and, mm-hmm. and AR. Are, did you see any virtual reality and augmented reality at Distributech? Are you surprised by a lack thereof or the mm-hmm. presence of it? Mm, I, I, the only one I saw was Census. Um, of course, Clevis. Full disclosure that we're working with, uh, talking about that with them. Uh, Esri, Esri is doing some things. Um, no, 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 I, I, I'm not surprised by the pullback because I think the application of VR and, and AR is still still ways back in this industry. I think you're still going to see a lot of pilots and testing with it there. Uh, and, and not surprised that the application use cases still need a lot of work and they need to be seen. Um, so they don't. I think the industry needs to see use people applying it the right way. Versus, it is a it is a draw to the booth, and that that is a marketing play, and and we do that. So I can't. I understand that piece, but before they start using it, they need to see the people using it as a use case, and how it can impact them. Talking about trends and keeping your ear to the ground. At our end of your podcast, we talked about how we thought that 2018 was going to be the year the year for storage, and it wasn't uh, because people, you know, there was something we were kind of waiting on um, but at this conference I talked to a, a number of people uh, in storage and like they like they're they're moving forward they're actually they're getting these contracts signed they're starting these projects so my question uh, Z prime team is storage back yes yes that's what I wanted to hear Chris you're welcome so yes it is it is back but it, it's it's just a it, this is Part of that, as we talked about, that long progression of utility business planning cycles where uh, as, as you're looking out two years, three years, five years into the future, the, the, the technology is moving very quickly uh, and the price point of, of putting storage onto the grid is, is moving almost as, as quickly 
so that storage becomes a viable economic option for utilities, which ultimately completes that distributed energy resource uh, triangle and, and allows utilities to use this as a distributed asset. I think it's, it's a very exciting time for storage, uh, and I think it will continue to be one. This, this is, the things that are happening right now in 2019 really are going to start manifesting themselves in 2021, 2022, uh, but the, the groundwork is being laid right now. I'm seeing a lot of storage pop up in uh, talks about microgrids. Um, and then also large CNI customers. So not really necessarily, I haven't really had a storage related conversation regarding a utility and a use case there, but I've had a few conversations around microgrids, military microgrids, university campuses, and then large CNI customers who have been struggling with their utility partnership in some sense and are maybe interested in cutting their utility out of the equation. So I think storage is definitely being explored in other avenues outside of utility scale as well, which is very prevalent at the event. You definitely buried the lead there, Aaron, with the, because I think the biggest disruption you just said there was CNI customers cutting the utility out entirely. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Can you elaborate on that? Well, I, I'm, it's just something that's being explored because CNI customers, you know, their their load can grow or they can have, you know, certain things that they're looking for around decarbonization that maybe their current utility just cannot provide them with the means to meet their climate goals. But it's, it is something that people are exploring. Uh, so it's worth being talked about for sure. Yeah, we heard that in more than one conversation today that the big CNI customers are looking for ways that they can basically do things on their own and not need to, to rely on the utility and that they don't necessarily see the utility as the go-to for information and they'd rather find other ways to get the information even just from our report with CGI, we had a conversation today with someone from CGI and he basically reconfirmed that what we found in the report was that people will just Google in in place of going to their utility for information. And that goes back to what you were talking about, Jason, with uh, making sure that you, that there's there's space for innovation and there's the space for the utility to to, to play this role and continue to play the role that they have in the past, in the past for their CNI customers, but they have to, you know, they have to listen. They have to because there's a lot of there was a lot of talk about addressing you know increasing increasing customer demands, but it all but it seems mostly focused on the residential customers. But uh, there's there, there's a lot that still needs to be done in terms of the increasing customer expectations of uh, of CNI customers as, as well, uh, which make up what, like forty percent of all power consumed. I don't want to say that I think utilities are doomed in playing the role that they want to play for their CNI customers. I think it just highlights the opportunity for utilities to do a better job of engaging CNI. You know that residential has been a large focus area for customer engagement, but commercial and industrial customers are large customers and it just kind of highlights the disconnect, but it means that there is opportunity to build better partnerships and for utilities to position themselves as the 
trusted energy advisor. Yeah. Advisor. Yeah. Aaron, that's a great point. And I think that it has been an overblown, overhyped concept for about a decade, this concept of the utility death spiral. There is nothing preordained that a technology provider can come in and disintermediate utilities. There is nothing preordained about uh, utilities losing market share to uh, a, another provider or CNI customers deciding they're going to do it on their own, residential customers disconnecting from the grid. There is an opportunity right now for utilities to stick the, a flag in the ground and say, we're willing to work with you, uh, large CNI customers. We want to help provide that essential energy, uh, energy advisory service. Residential customers, you're looking at bringing on uh, home energy management, electric vehicles, uh, solar panels to your roof. All of these things, they still have the opportunity to move aggressively into this space. The window is shrinking. So the potential for a death spiral, it's out there. But if utilities really start making their move and making their mark right now, they still have the chance to be an essential element of the, of the power industry for the next hundred years. Yeah, I think, and I think that um, that leads well into my, into my next question, which is how, how, how does what we're seeing at Distributech as the first like, major conference of the, of the year, how, does, how is that coloring, helping us color the, the picture of what the energy landscape is in 2019? I'll, I'll go first because uh, one thing, I, again, I talked with you about this earlier, Chris, is one thing that is, is uh, become readily apparent to me after the, the increase in its presence over the past two Distributechs is uh, there's a lot of disruption going on in birds. Um, birds are getting getting into power stuff, and uh, people would rather they didn't. You don't want to get to be digging melted bird out of your transformer. Uh, so now there's there's at least two booths centered around keeping birds away from your uh, keeping birds away from your power stuff. So this I think 2019 is the year of birds no longer posing problems for utilities. <laughs> Birds also, I think, are pretty uniformly against being uh, fried by transformers as well. But um, we cannot speak on behalf of. The that's birds. true. We haven't done the survey. Uh, we haven't surveyed uh, the bird audience yet. But um, but if yeah, we do, I believe Popeyes is sponsoring that report. We are in New Orleans. <laughs> We're but, leaving this in. Leave it in. Uh, Jason, uh, so I've got birds. How has this conference been coloring your uh, 2019 energy landscape, especially since we're going to be doing a thought summit in a couple of months? Mm. Yeah, this is my ninth distributech, so it's certainly that, speaking of some of this, is, is, um, there is a recycling of, of a lot of recycling of, of thought and, and progression. It's almost like it's a hamster on a wheel where I think the cutting edge is, is what sticks out because there's so much that really hasn't changed. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about big data 10 years yeah, ago. It's just a pro yeah, so I think it's a product of uh, an industry that's really trying to find its way, um, which we're talking about the pains of that right now, to, to do that. And I think the frustration is not, there's frustration on all sides, the utility side and, and vendor side, of course, us who cover it. Um, I, I think that, I think that part, I, I, I think we're all, 
all hoping, I think every, every year the hope is that you come to Distribute Tech and you hear, you can feel the wave of momentum about to happen. And I think we just haven't gotten to that point yet. And I think that's, I don't think that's good or bad. That's just the industry we work in. Uh, maybe maybe storage or something like that is is that in the next three years. So. Yeah, it seems like we, uh, we've tried, here are your opportunities for the future and you can seize them now. And we've tried if you don't take advantage of these opportunities, your way of life will be destroyed. And yet we're still, we've tried, we've tried the carrot, we've tried the stick, and it seems that things are still sort of moving, moving in place a bit. What, <laughs> granted, I'm asking, this is probably a big ask of a podcast, but what would it, what would it take for this wave to finally crest of, of innovation? Would it take some type of monumental event? I mean, we just had, you know, PG&E file for bankruptcy, um, you know, in in a in a new world. So, but like, so what what's it gonna t- what's it gonna take? So I I think that you really have to separate what's happening in North America with what's happening in the rest of the world. And our research to this point has primarily fo- focused on what's going on in the North American utility market. But there are certain intrinsic properties related to how the North American market is regulated how it is incentivized to make money versus uh, Europe, the Middle East, and Southeast Asia, Asia, and Australia that has limited the widespread adoption of some of these technologies, whether it's distributed energy resources, uh, electric vehicles, uh, battery storage. the, The United States market has really maintained that asset, return on an asset investment uh, business model. It's it's changing slowly. There's broad recognition, but when you go to Europe, when you go to uh, Japan, when you go to Southeast Asia, you're starting to see that th- these new business models are taking hold much faster. And the, consequently, if you talk to the the large solution, the global solution providers in the industry, they're really heavily focused on these. I'm not going to call them emerging markets because uh, Europe is is very well established. Japan is very well established. But these non-North American-centric markets, will there be a single catalytic event? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, it's, it's a series of, of events, whether it's the, the PG&E bankruptcy, uh, Hurricane Sandy five years, six years ago now, leading to better outage management. All of these things build to... to to hit that crest of a wave. I think being in this industry and seeing how slow it moves, I think you're right. And to Chris's point, it does happen over time, but um, kind of Shay's thing, the whole death by a thousand cuts and then it just happens. I think we're at that, I think we're in the next three to five years, we're gonna see, hey, it just happens where someone is just gonna do it and then it's just, and then the whole thing collapses on itself. So uh, take, you know, I mean, look at Home Depot, right? So Home Depot sells a lot of, a lot of, um, hardware for for builders and developers um but probably five years ago to when we changed floors that they were actually selling the flooring installing the flooring so they were so you can see a utility right so when this whoever invents this next best thing the utility is going to eventually get into that business Uh, so they might not be selling the electricity they may be selling your whole solution to to go off grid Uh, and then that is the role of the one of the roles the utility if someone else doesn't take it over, just like the, the taxi cabs who were left out, it just happened. But it didn't just happen. It took a lot of 
groundwork to being laid. I think you can see that. I think we'll see it. And someone's just going to find a way to, to, to build microgrid systems. And they're just going to do it. And then the neighbor is going to say, oh, how'd you do that? Well, I did it like this. And then the next thing you know, you have a, hundred, a whole neighborhood that's doing it. And the utility is going to be left like, what, what just happened? So we've come back full circle to utilities are doomed again. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they're doomed. I don't think they're doomed. I think they're, I think they're in the position to play the role of the enabler of helping that transition to that distributed system to where even though I might not think that I am relying on my utility, it's still going to be the utility. I think, I think they're in a good position to do that. The ones that recognize it, though, are the ones that... Can they survive. move fast enough? Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of what we, in terms of doing what you're talking about, like, is there going to be, like, this cataclysmic event that's just going to... Everybody's just going to digitally transform and be incredibly resilient and reliable all of a sudden... No, that's not going to happen. There's different regulatory environments that, that mm-hmm. you know, minimize innovation. But over the past three years, Distributech has been focused on digital transformation. It started off very, very wide, broad picture. This is kind of what the utility should look like. Last year, we started to see more platforms like Aaron Otan was talking about, and then the emergence of the digital twin. So creating these virtual environments that the utility had to that the utility could look like. But then we always left the utilities with like, here's what your overall plan should be. Now just go figure out all of the engineering feats required to actually achieve this digital transformation. So then we started seeing some utilities come out with these successful use cases around digital transformation. But just because, for example, Duke Energy has successful digital transformation in one part of their organization doesn't necessarily mean that a utility in Orlando can completely replicate Duke Energy's process and find success in it because the plug and play isn't necessarily an option for the utility. So utilities had to start prioritizing business cases based on their individual needs and kind of picking from other successful utility business cases. And now I think this Distributech is really focusing on those, those, intricacies that have kind of been left out we're starting Mm -hmm. to see people talk more about you know what are the real data sources that you need if you're thinking about you know climate change and how that's going to affect your distribution grid you need to be able to pull weather data in some utilities are still doing weather forecasting based off their employees that have just been there for 40 years and they're just based off they're basing their weather forecast off of this man who says the storm it's gonna a storm's a coming because i looked outside and grandpa's so, prediction we're just starting to see i think it's encouraging to see at least at this distribute tech to technology vendors are giving utilities a little bit more concrete direction on how to achieve some of these digital objectives when that has been a little left out or um, kind of left out in the weeds for everybody, just like, oh, okay, go figure it out. But this is what the end product should look like. Mm-hmm. Aaron putting the, the old war wound index on blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, one conversation that I had, I didn't see too much, I didn't see this really pointed out too much um, on the floor, but was with ABB around um, electric vehicles and integrating them into, actually integrating them into society and it's not as simple as it sounds because even though you know things like grocery stores and malls have charging stations if people start to adopt them at a higher adopt electric vehicles at a higher rate 
those charging stations that we have are not going to be enough, even though they're there now. Mm. And so we need to find different ways of accommodating people who actually start adopting electric vehicles. And I think that's something that we, that we talked about on our end of the year podcast, looking forward to 2019. So I'm, I'm sticking with that prediction that EVs are going to play a big role in 2019 energy landscape. We're, 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 we're coming close to time here, but I want to, I just want to know how would you sum up, how would you sum up your experience so far at, at a Distributech? So like for me, you're good, John. <laughs> He's doing a tiptoe. <laughs> it's not live. There's a, literally like a giant trying to tiptoe around the podcast. He was literally tiptoeing. He was like, do, 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 do. Okay. So what's my, the most important takeaway? Yeah. Uh, for the industry coming out of out of Distributech 2019. Okay. Mine, mine will be short and quick. I think there's a convergence of, of a small minority that are championing the need to really innovate much faster. I'll say that um, I think, and we've talked about this at Z Prime a lot, but partnerships are very important. And um, we've recently been talking about a lot of partnerships with startups but just partnerships in general the te- the technology companies really want to and really can help utilities um the utilities just need to let them and hardick biggest takeaway of distributech the biggest takeaway of distributech for me is that utilities need utilities have an opportunity to expand use cases off of existing data that they have from deployment of AMI and other sensors. Utilities are starting to have full AMI deployment and we we know that people are putting sensors on everything, everywhere. So I'm interested to see how they'll start to take some of these old data use cases and expand on them with with other other data. I think those are all really, really great points and great takeaways. As as I think about the, the long tail of history when it comes to distribute tech in our industry more broadly. This event has been going on now for almost 30 years. I, I heard today that the first one was in 1991 and that there were just under 200 people at the first distribute tech. This was a conference for the engineers of engineers when it comes to uh, transmission and distribution in the industry. And it had maintained that, that idea uh, all along. The last time I went to Distributech a few years ago, it was still very, very engineering focused. And it is that. It's, it maintains that today. But what is most exciting to me and what I'm taking away from this event, both as I talk to utilities and as I talk to uh, solution and technology providers, they are talking about how the engineering impacts the customer. And that type of conversation wouldn't have happened in 1991, wouldn't have happened in 99 or 2009. So in 2019, the industry has really developed a keen understanding that it is ultimately the customer that's going to determine the future of, of where we're headed. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in 1991, 1992, it was hard for the utilities to really listen because they had those boom boxes up to their ears. But now we don't. Those have gone out of, out of fashion. So now there's really no excuse for, for utilities not to listen. You see, I turned that into a serious point mm. at the end. Mm, I see. Uh, well, uh, yeah, th- th- this, uh, 
this has been a this has uh, really been a really solid start start to the start to the energy year. Uh, this conference is uh, is uh, painting 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 a real picture for what uh, for how utilities are gonna you know scratch and claw scratch and claw their way into the into the digital age uh, through the power of trying things a little bit at a time. Jason, thank you very very much for. Uh, coming on the podcast, yeah. Aaron Otan, thank you, thank you for coming on. Thanks for letting me guest again. Any time, Chris. Thank you, thank you for once more for We're joining guesting. us for a Zcast. My pleasure. It's always good to be on the grid. Nice. That's a T-shirt right there. Cafe pressed. Okay, ETS sixteen. All right. you gotta have T-shirts. Aaron, help, Aaron, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm still recovering from whatever just came out of Chris Moyer's mouth. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap this disaster up. You can find you can find our research and media at etsinsights.com. We're on so we're on social media at Z Prime Research at Dli Lockwood at Aaron underscore Hardick at Chris underscore Moyer thirteen at Aaron Otan at Jason Rodriguez. My name is Dylan, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Maybe. If I don't get fired. We'll speak we'll speak to you next time. <laughs>